Praise the, the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the name of the Lord. God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm giving God thanks tonight for the testimonies um, that I heard of God protecting our families and the miracles that God is doing in our lives and the victory that we can give God thanks for ahead of time. Um, I give God thanks tonight for just this opportunity to share his um, just a word of exhortation. And I pray that it would be of encouragement to each and every one of us. Um, and the topic that I would um, give this exhortation tonight is to know Jesus is the real goal. Um, why, why did I choose this, this, this title? Um, sometimes the Lord will give us desires for earthly blessings. Um, but we, it is important to know that these earthly blessings are only and always intended to complement and be complementary to the spiritual, the spiritual life, the spiritual blessings. And these blessings that, and these desires for earthly blessings that God gives us will always be in line and helpful to fulfilling his plan and will for our life. It's never going to be uh, blessings to satisfy our own selfish desire or to take us out of his will. The earthly desires that God gives us or the, or the desires for earthly blessings that God gives us will always be to help fulfill his plan for our life. And so in simple terms, that means that earthly things are intended to complement and support spiritual things. The earthly realm is intended to complement, to support, to reflect the spiritual realm, the spiritual kingdom. And we notice that in the Our Father prayer, where we are encouraged to pray as Jesus was teaching the disciples, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven to be reflected, the order in heaven to be reflected in earth. And the natural intended to complement the spiritual, we also can see that with the design of the body to house the spirit. Um, this is an important uh, principle to know and understand because when we live by the opposite, when we live outside of this principle, what ends up happening is we're living a life that is out of order a life that doesn't satisfy, a life that frustrates, it exhausts us, and it wastes away our soul. Why? Because it is a life that was not designed by God to fulfill us. And we read about a lot of this kind of life and the things that are entailed with it uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes um, through Solomon, who was the wisest and richest man that, that was on the earth. Uh, and he pointed to this futile and this vain kind of living uh, throughout the book. It was a life portrayed of pursuing pleasure. It was full of pleasure. He said whatever pleasure he wanted to get, whatever pleasure he wanted to set his eye on, he went after that. It was a life of attaining wealth, but it had no eternal purpose. It had no fulfillment. No fulfillment was present in that kind of living. He called it a vain life, a futile life, meaningless, vexation of soul. And the best he says that a person can do in that kind of life is to eat, drink, and be merry. And that's correct, to enjoy the fruits of their hard work. And that's exactly what God intended for earthly blessings, for earthly pleasures which are fleeting, to enjoy them, to enjoy that which he allows us to attain out of our hard work. 
But what God did not intend was for us to ever set our hearts on these pleasures, not to value these things above God, above our soul, above the soul of other people. Because unlike these three things, God, our soul, and the souls of man, earthly pleasures, they don't last through whatever they come through. They just don't last. And so Jesus also warned us against living this kind of way. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20, um, in the NLT, Jesus warned um, against storing up. He warned his followers against storing up treasures on earth, which can become corrupted and are subject to people stealing it. And instead, he admonished his followers to store up their treasures in heaven, where corruption is not a problem and theft isn't a problem. Um, Paul also encourages us along these lines in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 2. Paul encourages us who have been raised from this vain kind of life, this life that is dominated by sin and just a pursuit of pleasure that never satisfies, us who have been raised through the death of Christ. He says we ought to seek the things that are above. We ought to seek after those things, pursue those things, the things that are spiritual, the things that belong to the kingdom of God where we now belong. We ought to set our value there instead of on the things of this earth, which are fleeting and will never fulfill us no matter how many times we continue and continue to go back to them, seeking for them to be and to do what they could never be and do for us. And Peter as well continues um, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 5. Peter tells us about what that true treasure is that we should be uh, yearning for and seeking after, going towards. It's an inheritance that he says is incorruptible and it's undefiled. It's It's an inheritance that remains, that lasts forever. And he tells us about the security of this kind of inheritance, that it is reserved for us. And what is Peter speaking about? He's speaking about the salvation of our soul. In verse 9, Peter lets us know that this true treasure that we endure for is the treasure of our salvation, the saving of our soul. And Peter points out too, he's speaking to the God's chosen people in this uh, first chapter. He acknowledges that, yes, you're going through trials and you're facing a lot of temptations. And we as well in this season, I can testify for my own self, we're facing a lot of temptations. You turn on the TV, there's temptations there. You go to the grocery store, there's temptation there. You're in the house, there's temptation. You're on your phone, on the social media, in work, there's temptation so many places. We're being tempted, we're being tried. Our faith is being tested and it's getting hotter. And Peter has acknowledged this, that God's chosen people were going through these things and that they, though they have never seen Jesus yet, they've never beheld him, but still they believed in him. They put their trust in him and they rejoice in him. And he encourages them that, look, this is going to be rewarded. But what is that going to be rewarded with? A car that is subject to decay? Is it going to be rewarded with a house that can be taken apart by one touchdown of a tornado or a marital status that can change because people have their choice. No, Peter lets us know that this reward will be the salvation of our soul, an eternal salvation, which is bought by the sacrifice of the life of Jesus, which tells us how valuable our salvation is. Peter says in the the same chapter, 
that we were not redeemed with things like gold and things that can decay. That's not what God valued us, uh, things that, that are fleeting. But God valued us with his own life, that he sacrificed his own life to redeem us. And so as I was thinking about this, that led me to the question, what are we really valuing more than our own soul? What do we place, what, what are we placing more worth on than this eternal soul that God sent his son to die for, that we may have life? And I'll share a personal testimony. I was in a job for nearly about two years. Um, and the job just, you know, at first, of course, when you just start at a job, it, it's fine, it's going good. Um, but this job began to start sucking at my soul. It literally, when I when I go on the job, I'm, I'm feeling depressed nearly every shift. I have to pray myself through. Sometimes I have to go on break for so long because of the, the, the weight and just the dissatisfaction that this, this job brings, the, the time that it's taking up, the strength that it's taking up, that I knew deep within was intended to be used for the purpose and the things that God has placed in my life for his kingdom. And so... I ended up, there was this one day recently uh, where I was faced with this question that Jesus asked in Matthew chapter 16, verses 26. First of all, he asked, what would it benefit a person if they gain all that the world can offer them, all that's in the world, but they end up losing their own soul? And then he asked after that, because what is worth more than your soul? And I had to look at myself, what would it benefit me? to gain everything that this world has to offer. Yeah, a paycheck that comes every two weeks and good pay and, and you know, that stability in a sense. What would it benefit me if I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing my own self, my one soul for this job, for this money that isn't gonna last beyond the grave. It's not gonna last an eternity. What would it benefit me? And so... I really had to make a decision. It was one that I contemplated for long. And as we were hearing the words from Bible study about Abraham and, and his decision to leave the, the, where he was coming from, God called him out from what was familiar to him to a place, to a promise that he had not yet seen. It took courage for me to choose to quit this job. I had to hold on to the word of God, hold on to the promises of God to step away from this so-called stability, this pay that's coming in every two weeks that I can so-called depend on to something that I had never done before. I had to trust God because he had never told me to worry over myself. No, the word of God tells us to seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else would come after that. And Jesus was talking before about the, 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 the fact that he didn't want his followers to allow their minds to become dominated by the things of this world, by the things of this earth, like those who don't know God. Because why? God knows whatever we need. And in us seeking after his will, doing his will, God promises that he would provide whatsoever we would need. And thank God, God is still providing for me. And the, the intimacy and the time that I was not able to spend with the Lord before I'm able to spend now doing the things of his kingdom that actually bring fulfillment. And so as Peter was pointing out with God's chosen people that, look, yes, you are going through trials. I acknowledge that. And you are facing a lot of temptations. It's rough right now. 
The road to salvation is not an easy road. It is a hard road. And that is what Jesus acknowledges in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. But it is the only road that leads to life. And yes, the road of pleasure, of seeking after pleasure is a very easy road. We know that. We're all coming from the world. It's very easy to hear sin's call and just give over our body to serve in whatever way sin would have us to serve. But it is also a road that leads to destruction. And though the road of salvation is difficult to walk on, and it is, Jesus walks with us on this road. We don't walk alone. And this is the one who understands our humanity because he walked in it. The one who understands our struggles because he faced it. The one who causes us to overcome our hardships and struggles because he did. We're never alone because we have the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Christ in us. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verse 18, he would not leave them comfortless, but he would come back to them. He is the Holy Ghost within us who would never leave us and never forsake us. But to receive the benefits of this Holy Spirit who abides with us, it is important that we are ingesting and feasting on the word of God. Because if we don't have the word of God within us, we will not be able to recognize those words of comfort and encouragement and support. And what we end up doing at times is when that's not present, that's when we end up seeking after earthly blessings and placing a value on them that they really don't deserve and that they cannot handle because they were never intended and are not capable of providing us what only Jesus Christ can provide us. And so that's why I say the real goal is to know Jesus. It is to share in his sufferings and know that doesn't feel very encouraging until we recognize that to share in the sufferings of Christ is to experience his glorious resurrection. And sometimes we have a tendency to think that that will only happen when he comes, when he comes by the sound of the trumpet in the clouds with his glory. But I can tell you that we are able to experience the resurrection power of Christ right now. We are able. He is the resurrection. It's not just an event that is going to take place, but he's able to step into any situation that we need him to step into, any dead state that we need him to step into and to bring resurrection in our being. And so it is to walk through his values like he walks through so that we are able to also wear those victor crowns as he wears And to know Jesus is really all that matters. Everything and everyone that would come must be complementary to that. Else we have to have that attitude that we don't want that. We don't need that because if it's not complementary to knowing Christ, if it's not supporting us, if a person isn't supporting us and encouraging us to know Jesus, and I'm not talking about head knowledge, but I'm talking about really walking in fellowship with Jesus. If that person or that thing is coming in our life and it's not bringing us closer to that, then it is our hindrance to our destiny to see Jesus. And that is something that we surely ought not to entertain. And so it calls for us to make up in our mind that I am going to see Jesus. We can't have a wishy-washy kind of mentality where we're in today and out tomorrow because that's not going to work on this walk. 
We have to be determined to see Jesus, no matter what waters we have to cross through, no matter what level they may be at, no matter what animals we need to conquer in our wilderness, we have to make up in our mind that we will see Jesus. And that calls for us to love him and want him and value him more than anything, just in the same way that he loved us. And it's a possible thing to do as we grow in love the love that God has given us. It's the Holy Ghost in us, who is the spirit of love, the same love that no sin was able to conquer. It is the same love that drove Jesus to give his life up for us on the cross. So we are able to love him just the same way that we would be able to give up our life, not just physically, but our own plans and our own desires and our own perspectives and our own interpretation of things and how we think things should go. Because that same spirit of love is living and reigning in us today. And so the real goal is not those those desires. Yes, God has given it to us. It's not attaining those things because uh, the earthly blessings in themselves, they mean nothing. They're only compliments and support to knowing and experiencing Jesus, to walking in fellowship with him. And to know him is to be fulfilled. To know him is to have eternal life. To know him is to be made complete because he alone completes nothing and no one else. And so though the earthly blessings may be a part of our journey, we should not set our heart on these things, after these things, and worship them. Set a high, the highest value of our heart towards them because they are complements and supports of the true treasure, which is to know Jesus Christ. God bless you. And I pray that this word will be an encouragement to you. And as we wait in this season, some of us are in seasons where God has uh, revealed certain things to us that he desires to give to us. And they're good. That's fine. But what becomes wrong is when we switch the order and we start making those things the, the goal, the attainment. But it is the experience of Christ as we wait upon those things to come in our life. And God's timing is perfect. He will give us those things when we, when we get to that stage in him where we need them or we would benefit from their help in our life. And so I encourage you to trust in the Lord and to understand that he is the truest treasure and to spend more time in his word, not to just read it and get a, a check mark or a, a mental release of your conscience, but to really take interest in this eternal God who gave his life for us, that we may know him, which is the satisfaction of our soul. God bless you, everyone. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and give God the glory. Give him the praise. Give him the honor. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Won't you... Uh, were you not blessed of the Lord just now with those words of encouragement and challenge? Hallelujah. It is important. The most important thing is to have a knowledge of Christ Jesus, to know him. Hallelujah. To know him is life eternal. Hallelujah. Makes no sense. We have barns that are filled and overflowing and have no knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But when we know him, 
Hallelujah. It is peace. When we know him, it is joy. When we know him, hallelujah, there's an abundance of blessing that's on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No wonder why the scripture said that if we be risen with Christ Jesus, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and thing and, and not on things in this world. Hallelujah, because the world passes away and everything that's in it, the loss thereof, everything goes. But hallelujah, how many you know, hallelujah, that there are treasures that are, that are in heaven that remains forevermore. There's an inheritance that will never see corruption. Hallelujah, that's the price of the believer. The end goal is Jesus Christ. And we're here as witnesses in this land, in this world that's passing away. But this world is never and will never be our home. We are pilgrims passing through, knowing that our inheritance is an eternal one. And that's why we look up every day because of our redemption. Draw it now. Come on, clap your hands one more time. I feel so blessed just to hear from a young person tonight that's speaking with such boldness and powerful words and, 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 and intentional living, a lifestyle that the Bible demands of us hallelujah we can we can talk about it but not many are inclined to live it and that's the important thing to live it live it to experience god is to live god hallelujah uh, you can have a mere uh, knowledge of him as it relates to uh, theory information but god wants to have an experience with us Hallelujah. It's the experience that counts. It's the experience that will allow him to say, I know you. Hallelujah. Not, not, not because you have knowledge of me, but I have an experience with you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And we're just giving God thanks tonight. May the Lord Jesus continue to bless us to shine. And I want to let you know, uh, you keep on praying for her. And God is not through with her. God is raising her up in this city. 